0: Welcome to another edition of Together for
1: Salem. (laughs) Okay. lonely. I can't host this by myself. I'll host it with you. (laughs) Welcome to Together for Salem. I'm Monica. This is Commodore. We're your hosts for this weekend's episode uh, because people are going back to school and work. So we're here to welcome you and greet you and thank you for watching this weekend's episode. It looks a little different. Happy Labor Day weekend to you. Uh, We just have a few announcements and then I'll tell you what to expect. First of all, if you're new, we'd love to welcome you. So fill out the welcome form on our website. We'll send you a free e-gift card just for saying hello, no strings attached. Uh, We just wanna thank you for uh, spending some time with us and we greet you with an e-gift card. So go ahead and fill that out. Secondly, if you have children, we have content for your kids. Um, They're gonna be starting school here, um, but you may wanna supplement uh, their schooling with some, who's Jesus? Why does he want us to love others? Uh, Content that's there for you on our website. All these are linked in the show notes for you podcast listeners or on the screen here for you uh, YouTube or Facebook watchers. Uh, But that online content for kids is updated every week and it's different every week. Um, So feel free to check that out. Uh, The third thing is we have an opportunity for you to be for Salem. It's September, so we have a for Salem opportunity. We're calling it PTA, Parent Teacher Appreciation. We're just encouraging you to thank a teacher. Thank a neighbor, Uh, if you're a grandparent, thank your kid for teaching your grandkids. But it's just a way for you to say thanks to the teachers in your life uh, this month. And we just encourage you to either send an e-gift card via email, you could drop off some brownies or cookies or flowers or um, maybe a box of wine, whatever um, way you wanna thank that individual for um, schooling kids um, in a really weird September but it's a, great, it's a great time to be for somebody else. Um, maybe in a new way, maybe a new person that you've never thanked before. Oh, he's jumping down, don't knock the camera over. Good job. Okay, and the last thing um, I wanna say to you is, this episode is about questions. So John is the lead pastor at Cross Creek Community Church, which is the church putting out this content. And I just interview him with five or six questions Um, that are the questions that we've just received on a regular basis over the last three years of being at church. So we wanted to be transparent. We wanted to go outside of our own comfort zone. Uh, This could be just a conversation starter or just a way for you to to challenge you to think about, um, like, who is God and who is Jesus and what is church for and those kinds of questions. So enjoy the interview. I won't see you on the other side as I usually do um, on other weekends. But happy Labor Day weekend. And I really am excited about the next series, which will be launching. Uh, next week for you, and I'll see you then. Welcome to Q&A with John. This is going to look a little bit different for this episode, and we're kind of excited about it. Mm -hmm. We also don't know what we're doing. We don't. So I'm going to ask John some questions about Cross Creek, what Cross Creek believed.
0: And our three years of existence that people have asked, uh, common questions that we've been asked.
1: Common questions. And this is a great place to put them. Right. Here on this grassy knoll. Grassy what? Knoll.
0: Knoll? Yeah. It's a knoll.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> on this grassy knoll, we're gonna ask. John In the comments, questions.
0: say if it's knoll or null.
1: <laughs> if you agree with Monica, thumbs up. If you agree with John, mad face. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> we don't want mad faces. It's not good for our algorithm.
0: Right, algorithms.
1: That's right. So John, yeah. really though, where did this come from? Why are we doing this?
0: Well, we, uh, we, we keep getting similar questions, and this is a time that uh, people have a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Especially about a church that claims it's designed for people who don't normally go to church. So what makes us different? What are we actually about? When we say that we are for people, what does that really mean? And so what do we believe Okay. Um, as a church?
1: And so for people who are watching this, if yeah. they've um, gone to Cross Creek for a while, this might be familiar to them.
0: I would hope so.
1: Okay. And if you, just, if you just found us on Facebook or YouTube or wherever you're from, this, if they've never heard of Cross Creek, do you yeah. want to say a little bit about this church and who you are?
0: Yeah. My name is John.
1: <laughs> so, John, how are you?
0: I'm good, but I'm nervous. Yeah. Because honestly, I don't really want to do this. Because I feel like this is an opportunity that could be taken to uh, divide people. Mm. Like if we make a stand on, we believe this, like people always ask, so what do you believe about this? Yeah. I'm like, well, it's a nuanced answer, but they, people want a specific answer and that's not really what we're about. Mm -hmm. I think each person is an individual and each question needs its own explanation. And so I, I, I know people will disagree with some things we say, especially if you've never been to church before and this whole thing is new to you, it's, it's gonna be some things you disagree with. And I think that's okay, mm-hmm. that you disagree with us. Especially if you, even if you are a, consider yourself a cross creek person, you can disagree with what we're gonna say. Um, what I would say, and I always try to have an application in these episodes that you can apply to your life. Right. So I would say for this, the application for this is, the things we talk about, whether you agree or disagree, why, why do you believe that way? Mm-hmm. Why do you agree, why do you disagree? and then actually have some reasons to back that up. Not just because that's how you feel, that's what you've always been taught, but where in uh, the biblical writings do you stand on this and, and why? And how did you get there? So I'd say I'm a little bit nervous for this. Yeah. Because uh, I don't want to misspeak and I probably will say some things not perfectly, but one thing uh, we agree on as leadership at, at Cross Creek is that we uh, really care about the major things And there's very few major things in Christianity that we need to really just stand on. Mm -hmm. And most everything else is kind of minor, but we do have some opinions and beliefs on minor things that are important to people. So that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. Yeah.
1: Let's start with the majors then.
0: Okay. Good. Okay. A
1: major thing. Yeah. So um, what does Cross Creek believe about God? Like capital G God.
0: Capital G God. So uh, I could go through the theology of God in three persons and the Trinity and all that, but Mm -hmm. I'd say we're pretty we're the same as most mainstream christian churches there but one thing that we really try to um, explain about god is that he's not mad at you he's not looking to smite you he doesn't have a list of rules he's checking off to make sure you fit in each little box god is madly in love with you in fact he's he's on the like he's on the edge of his seat waiting to just watch you and see how you grow and he loves you that much when I was a youth pastor, I used to tell kids, you know, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it because that's how much <laughs> he loves you. And so there's actually I have I have a verse. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have some verses. Some, okay, good. some uh, biblical writing. Well, where's your Bible? Writings. Well, the Internet oh. has provided the Bible for every single person who has Internet. That's amazing. So when you think about it. Yeah. So there's a very famous verse uh, verses, But it, I think it encapsulates really who God is and especially how Cross Creek views God as uh, John three sixteen and 17. For this is how God loved the world. See, God doesn't hate you. God's not mad at you. He loves you already. You've done nothing to earn it because you can't. He just loves you. Mm. For this is how God loved the world. He gave, God loves to give. He gave his one and only son, Jesus, so that everyone, not just some people, not just church people, but everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world. A lot of people think that's what God's all about, is judging. Mm-hmm. He didn't send his son in to, to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So that's how we first, that's how John, Jesus' best friend, when writing about Jesus' life, first introduces God and Jesus. That God loved the world and that he gave. The first thing he did for humanity is give. And that's how much God loves us. And that's the God that we try to tell people about. Maybe a lot of people haven't seen that part of God before. Awesome. I think so.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) obviously. All right, so Cross Creek believes that about God. Um, Mm -hmm. What does Cross Creek believe about um, the function of the church, the gathering, the big C church?
0: Right, so we said we're a church for for people who don't normally go to church, which means, um, and I would say not every church is this, but there's that connotation that uh, church is for church people. It's like a club, a country club for church people. And we say, no, that's not what the church is. In fact, more verses. Oh boy. There's going to be a lot. Uh, Paul, the apostle Paul, come on, phone, flip. We're going to go landscape view, (laughs) apparently. (laughs) So in second Corinthians, Paul says, says this about himself, but I think it's also about the church. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us, and I believe that fits for the church too, gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation, that God's trying to reconcile people to himself, that there's a separation that's been caused, and God's trying to bring people back. And the church's job is to share that message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors, We're ambassadors for Jesus. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, like this is what we're all about, when we plead, come back to God, because he's not mad at you. He loves you. He wants to be in a relationship with you, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Like that's the whole point. That's the whole point of Cross Creek is that we are designed to tell people, God's not mad at you. He is trying to bring you back into his family. And he did that through Jesus. And so we try to strip away all the extra fluff and the extra routine and ritual of what maybe some people think church is and just focus on those major things that it's about what, Jesus, what God did for us through Jesus.
1: So a person who, like, if I went and interviewed a person on the street who um, maybe had some presumptions about church, mm-hmm. that would be probably the opposite
0: of what they would say about what church is for. Seems to be. That's kind of been our case, where people would come to Cross Creek and say, this is not what I, the type of church I grew up in. Mm-hmm. This is, like, I, f- I actually feel accepted here. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, you're, that's the family of God. You're supposed to feel accepted here. But for some reason, in people's minds, and I'm not saying it's every church's fault except us, like we're the best church, but in people's minds, that's how they've felt. And we're trying to provide a safe place for that. And I think that's what the church is designed to do is be a safe place for people to ask questions and explore God and be the type of people that are for you before you're even for them or before you even believe you can belong.
1: So if the mission of Cross Creek is to be a church for people,
0: Right, and our, our specific mission is to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, so you as a church leader, like you've had to make a lot of really interesting decisions. Interesting is a good word. Say in the last six months or so. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, which what, I don't make alone.
1: You don't make alone, but right. also like what, like how do you make those, like how do you decide Right. what your church is going to so do or not
0: do? So at every leadership meeting and basically every staff meeting, we talk about this in mm-hmm. some form. We set the 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 playing field, the bar, uh, we always go back to what we are about. We're a church for people who don't normally go to church. So every decision we make is filtered through that. Like we could, you know, make decisions that just make us happy or just make our church people happy and warm and gooey and all that, but that's not why we exist. And so we filter every decision through what will help lead people into transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. What will uh, show people that God is for them? Show them that Christians are actually for them. Mm-hmm.
1: <coughs> okay. You used the word Christian there.
0: I did. Yeah. We try not to use that word I for know. a specific reason. You might have noticed this. Yeah. Like some people are offended if we don't use the word Christian, mm-hmm. but that word, though a accurate word that is in, in the biblical writings, uh, is our religion, if you will. Mm-hmm. We can talk about religion later, <laughs> but we use Jesus follower because I think you, the word Christian has had all this connotation behind it. And we could say, a lot of people say, Oh, you you know, the U S is a Christian nation. Well, you can say you're a Christian, but that just means you believe there's a God basically. Right. Mm. But we say Jesus follower because really what we are about is following Jesus. And that's more than just a club. That's more than just, that's definitely more than just a religion. It is following closely behind uh, the man we believe was God who died for us and rose again. Yeah. So we really emphasize it's about following Jesus, not just believing a few things Mm -hmm. to lifestyle.
1: Speaking of lifestyles,
0: yeah, Yeah. good segue.
1: (laughs) You know, there are some things, some great questions that you've received in the you know the last year. Well, this church has been around for
0: three three years, three years,
1: and you know, there's some questions that loop back around. Yeah, Um, and one of those questions is um, how what's Cross Creek's view on homosexuality, the LGBTQI community. Like what?
0: Right. And this is where people really just want a blanket statement. Mm-hmm. Like what do you believe about this? And
1: who do you think are the people asking those questions? Can you answer that?
0: Yeah, I would I mean, it's there's probably two groups that ask this question. We and they a, should, I mean, it's a good question. It's a great question. Mm-hmm. There's one group that I think more of the uh, the churched mm-hmm. group that want to make sure that even though we're a little different, we're okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's make sure that they are following the line. And then there's the other group that this is a very deep and personal question, right? Because these are people who are searching for God Mm -hmm. and and love the idea of Jesus, but they've heard, and I've had these conversations, they've heard that because they are, and that's why it's personal, they are in this community. Mm -hmm. Their sexual orientation is different than what they've heard God is for. Mm. That they cannot be part of a church, or that God is mad at them, or that because they have this orientation, they're going straight to hell. Mm. And so there's, those are the two types of people that ask these questions. And, um, and so with this, people want that blanket statement, but it's too personal to give a blanket statement. It's for us, we take each person individually. We have some certain beliefs about this, but um, we kind of refuse to just say, yay or nay, because each person is different. Each person's walk with Jesus and the way God's bringing them to him is different. And so when the, this question of um, sexual orientation comes up, what I want people to know is this is not like our main thing, right? I don't think this, this orientation question is a main thing that we need to stand on and die on and live on and all of that. I think it's been made into this huge thing that has really divided people. And that's not the main point of Jesus. The main point is that Jesus was God, said He would he would die and arise again for our sins, and then he did. And then after that, we go from there. Mm-hmm. So if somebody came to me and, and you know, we've had these conversations. Somebody came and said, you know, I want to follow Jesus, but I have this orientation, I'd say, Great. Let's do it. Let's let's talk about what it means to follow Jesus. And then we'll look at what um, the biblical writings say about this stuff later down the road, because that's not, I'm not here to turn people's orientations. I'm here to turn people to Jesus. If we choose to follow Jesus, what is our identity? Okay. So people have all these verses against homosexuality and sexual orientation mm-hmm. that is different than heterosexual. Yeah. Are you going to get your Bible out? I am going to.
1: But are you going to like start?
0: Listing verses? No. Okay. Oh, okay. No. When we read those verses that you're talking about, mm-hmm. We have to remember everything written in the biblical writings is written to Jesus followers. So a lot of time, the stuff you see in the news is Christians yelling at the the LGBTQI community saying, you know, God hates you, you're going to hell. The Bible says you shouldn't do this. Well, first of all, the Bible doesn't say anything. The Bible is a group of writings written, we believe, inspired by God, but written by his followers and who wrote this. So Paul wrote it. um, Jesus said it it's written to Christians saying, this is what it means to follow Jesus. So for Christians to say, you aren't following what the Bible says, that doesn't make any sense because it wasn't written to people who don't follow Jesus. Mm. It's like saying, hey, uh, people in England, you don't follow the US constitution, so you're a bad person. They don't have to, it's not for them. Mm -hmm. So there's that. But I would say that if somebody does come to follow Jesus, it's not, the first thing we talk about isn't sexual orientation. That's not like a litmus test for can you follow Jesus because it's about identity. The whole thing is changing more and more into Jesus, which is who we were created to be. So Jesus is transforming us, that transforming relationship into more and more like him. So Paul wrote, um, talking about Jesus, he died for everyone, everyone, no matter your orientation or race or creed, so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Not like we have arrived once we finally believe, but we are, the new life has begun. We are being transformed daily into who Jesus is. And so we don't make the, the uh, sexual orientation question a make or break deal. We, we say, you can, be, you can uh, have this orientation and be a, a full part of Cross Creek. You can be part of our process. You can come to our services. You can, you can volunteer on a service team. You can uh, join us when we serve the community, because that it's about do you love Jesus. And even if you don't even believe Jesus is God, you can still join us. Like that's why we've created this church. You can belong before you believe. So it's more about identity, and I want to start there. And can we trust what God says? And so we've um, we've we've had these conversations with mm. with people. We have. Uh, LGBTQI people in our, we don't call it a congregation, but (laughs) what do you call it? Our family?
1: Yeah. I wouldn't say even say body because that even sounds.
0: Yeah. In our family. Yeah. In our Cross Creek family. Mm -hmm. And basically here's what we've decided. We, not what we've decided, but like I said, we take each person on their own. And we said, look, Cross Creek, the leadership of Cross Creek believes that God's design for human sexuality for sexuality to be expressed, his perfect design for us is in a heterosexual marriage. One man, one woman in a marriage that physical sex is reserved for those people. However, we still believe God loves you. God doesn't hate you. We believe that God is for you no matter what your orientation is because that's not who you are. Mm. Your sexuality isn't who you are and I think that's something we miss that we just label people and one of those labels is your sexuality. Right. But no, we're talking about identity. Our identity is we're made in God's image. And so we've said, you know, what th- because of what uh, the original Greek says and how Paul kind of used the words when he's talking about homosexuality and the verses that, you know, we've we've talked about. Um, it does really clearly for us, s- the scholars, people way smarter than me have said, look, he's actually talking about homosexual relationships. And but there's the scholars who disagree with that.
1: Mm.
0: And we're willing to make room for that.
1: Mm.
0: We're, we're saying, you know what? This is what we see in scripture, but there's smart people, people smarter than me who disagree with that. And that's okay. And so we basically have come to this agreement that here's what we see. And if ever, you call, your, if you are a Jesus follower, if ever God changes your heart about this, and he really puts it on your heart that, you know what, maybe, maybe you're wrong about how you feel about this orientation, that you trust Jesus enough to explore that. You trust Jesus enough to say, you know what? I might need to change my lifestyle, but I agree also that maybe that I'm open to God changing our heart,
1: hmm.
0: and maybe we we are wrong, and that's okay. We say we can disagree even on this and still be in the same family, because this isn't a make or break point. Hmm. In fact, um, the make or break point really is this: hmm. the Word became flesh. The Word. This is John talking about Jesus. The Word Jesus became flesh. And made his dwelling among us. God became human, made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father. And this is the kicker, I think, for how we try to um, handle this relationship. That uh, who came from the father, full of grace and truth. so that Jesus, we, who we are trying to become more like, was full of both grace and full of truth. Not 50-50, but 100% of both. And so when you see him interact with people who uh, were labeled sinners or were uh, maybe not following the norm of the religious people back then, you see him interacting with them with full grace. You are fully accepted and, and you're so accepted, I'm going to die for you. But also truth saying, this is what we, this is how God designed us to best operate. And I think churches, and we do it too, lean lean one way or the other for the most part. It's hard. We want to be like Jesus, but we can't be. So we're not 100% of both. So some churches lean so heavily on the truth, Mm -hmm. they only say this is not God's design, and if if you live this way, you're going to hell, and you're going to burn, and God's against you. Mm -hmm. And other churches, who would go 100% truth, say, you know what, it's all okay. 100% grace. Yeah, 100% grace. Mm -hmm. Say it's all okay. It doesn't really matter what you do. But the problem with that is then there's no need for Jesus, right? We don't realize that we actually are separated from God. If we just say, oh, everything's okay, because God designed us a certain way and not everything is okay. And so what we are trying to do is try to have as much grace and truth as possible. But if we are going to be wrong, I want to be wrong on the side of grace. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: When Jesus says, hey, how did you guys lead this church that I I planted through you? Mm -hmm. I don't want to say, oh, we totally kicked people out because they weren't following the truth. No, I want to say, you know what? maybe we were wrong but we tried to accept as many people that you died for as possible and so that's kind of i'm if i'm gonna err i'm gonna err on the side of grace and love
1: you covered a lot there there was and that was good and if people have questions about what you said they can always email you
0: always email we'll put it down here on the screen especially if i mean if you disagree but especially if what i said was confusing Mm -hmm. my goal is to be as clear as possible yeah but I'm not just going to give a blanket statement because I'm going to explain, try to explain everything as clearly as we can. Right. Yeah.
1: And you're also listening.
0: Trying so you to. You said
1: if somebody, you know.
0: Yeah. If you disagree, tell yeah. me why.
1: Okay. Good. Yeah. I have another topic for you. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Racism. Okay. What is what does Cross Creek believe about you know systemic racism, racism, what's going on right now? Yeah. In America, I can
0: give one blank statement, okay. a blanket statement. Okay. Racism is from the pit of hell. Okay. Is that? A... <laughs> Is that clear enough?
1: That seems clear. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Racism is from the pit of hell. Um, it is completely opposite of what Jesus came to show us. It's completely opposite of what every scripture shows us about God's God's heart. Even when God had his chosen people of Israel, he still had um, in their law. What's the word I'm looking for? Basically safeguards for the foreigner.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's bringing the Messiah through these people. But these aren't the only people that matter. Everyone's uh, created in God's image. And so I would say that um, it's about identity. again. I think racists and, you know, whether they're all the way up here on the racist level or here mm-hmm. are trying to find their identity in something other than Jesus. They're trying to find their identity in race. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I was born this way. I am better than others. And that is my identity. And it makes me feel secure. Mm-hmm. And when that's attacked, you get angry. But here's what Paul says about our identity being in Jesus. For you all, and again, talking to Jesus followers, you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. We all are. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes, a new identity. You are, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham, and you are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you so the message of Jesus is one of racism is the dumbest thing you could ever think of if you follow Jesus Mm -hmm. because we are all one in him that's the whole point he's bringing all of humanity to himself and one thing I like to say is if you dislike or have uncomfortability (laughs) is that word sure now other nationalities or uh, people different than you and you call yourself a Jesus follower you are going to hate Living with Jesus, <laughs> it's gonna be the worst thing. First of all, if you're white, he's not gonna look like you, and you're not gonna like that. Yeah. But here's what it says: that when when everything's done and Jesus makes everything better, here's what he says. Uh, this is John seeing like kind of the future in Revelation. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude. This is all like in heaven, mm-hmm. right at the end of time. And there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. Mm -hmm. So it's not that being a Christian or following Jesus eliminates our ethnicity. It it actually says, no, we're bringing all of this together into a new race where everybody is brought together. It's it's the family of God. Mm -hmm. And so we celebrate our cultural differences. It's not like we're trying to just kind of wipe it out. But no, it's, there's beauty in the differences. Mm-hmm. And that's what the church should be. That's what the gospel of Jesus was about. So for me, the racism thing and systemic racism and all that is uh, something I'm still trying to wrap my mind around. Mm-hmm. It's a growing thing for me. I'm still trying to learn because I'm realizing I have some gaps in my knowledge about what's going on. And so I'm trying to take a posture of listening. And that's why we haven't done a series on racism because I don't yeah. think, me personally, I'm ready to actually say, this is exactly how we're going to address this problem. Mm-hmm. Because my goal isn't to transform society politically. Right. Maybe we'll talk about that in a minute. But my goal is to transform lives for Jesus, to make Jesus followers. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm hoping for is that lives will be transformed and realize the stupidity of racism. But I th- I'm realizing probably in my teachings, I need to be more clear on that. Mm. Like when we talk about Jesus died for everyone, yeah. don't just say Jesus died for everyone and he loves you. Jesus died for everyone, whether you are white, black, brown, anything. Mm-hmm. So I think we can make a better point of that.
1: I feel like though you say you haven't done a series on racism yet. And I right. look forward to, you know, when that day comes. Right. I think it'll be great. I do too. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm learning a lot. We're both reading lots of articles and mm-hmm. it's been good. But the thing you have kind of covered um, you don't probably need to go into too deeply here because they can go back and look at your A Better Way series, our A Better Way series. Um, but the, the idea of politics right now, yeah. it's election season. We're about to get into the debate season. Um, what does Cross Creek believe about politics in the church?
0: <sighs> I, I'm going to go back to the identity thing again. I think one of the worst things that's happened to the church in America is what, no matter what side, left or right, mm-hmm. uh, Churches and Jesus followers, Christians, have put their identity in their political beliefs. And that is completely opposite of what Jesus said we need to do. Right? In fact, uh, Peter said, actually it was Paul. Paul said, uh, we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. So yeah, we are citizens of a country, but for Jesus followers, our identity is not American. It's not like we're an American Christian, right? No, we are Jesus followers. That is who we are. Should we uh, do our best to create a country that can uh, help the needy, help the poor, uh, stand up for what's right in the world, stand up for the rights of other people in our global community? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to say, you're not a Christian, you're not a Jesus follower because you voted for that person, doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. In fact, when we said it in other episodes, if Jesus followers have more in common with each other, even though they might vote differently than they do with people of their own political party. So a Jesus follower Republican and Jesus follower a Democrat have more in common with each other We actually understand what the family of God is than they do with a Republican who is not a Jesus follower. Mm-hmm. And so basing our identity on politics is like, doesn't even find anywhere in scripture because Jesus said, you're not for that. You're for this kingdom about telling people about how much God loves them and that what I've done to show that and prove that and bring people back to me. Jesus. Yeah. Not me. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be awkward. That's not a church anymore. That's um, a cult.
1: Yeah. That's a different thing.
0: All right. Yes.
1: So um, this will be my last question. And I'm sure. Finally. I know. You guys will have questions that you should definitely email to John. But Yeah, this, this a, could be
0: like part one. This could be like part one. And we could like do this monthly or yeah. bi-annually. Yeah, there,
1: there might be follow-up questions to some of this stuff.
0: Right. Probably.
1: But probably, you know, in your top five questions you're, you're asked, mm-hmm. this is one of them, and that's um, women in leadership. How does Cross Creek view the role of women in the church and in leadership in the church?
0: That's a great question, and I think that's a fair question, uh, Director Monica. <laughs> So obviously Cross Creek doesn't have a problem with women in leadership because you, you yourself are a leader at Cross Creek. Um, I would say it gets trickier when we look at elders who are the people in the New Testament writings uh, who like make the overall arching decisions for the church. And so what we see in the scriptures, this is something we're still working on. That's why I I can't give you another blanket statement Mm -hmm. because honestly, this is something our leadership hasn't fully talked about yet. The leaders are just people that we saw had the same heart for a church. And we said, hey, be leaders. And they happen to be guys mm-hmm. right now. That would be men. Um, but that wasn't like saying only men can be elders. We were just kind of, that's just how it happened. But so when we actually look at the New Testament writings, let's say, this is what it means to follow Jesus and be a church and that type of stuff. We see kind of two things going on. We see women in leadership. We see uh, the person who brought the letter of Romans to the Romans was a woman. And a lot of scholarship says that when, a, when somebody would take a letter for Paul to a church, they would be the ones to read it and teach it and expound upon it. And who the person who took that letter was actually a woman. And so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. There are verses that say women should be uh, silent in church, which, um, you know. Good those are le- my
1: favorite verses. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I love those verses.
0: But a lot of the historical context there that we're seeing most likely, possibly, is more of a cultural thing where women were on one side of the church and men were on the other. And you had these new Jesus followers who had a lot of questions. And so the women would yell over to their husband, hey, what does he mean about that? And it was getting crazy. And Paul's saying, hey, if you have questions, just wait till you get home and ask them then. Let's not be yelling out in church. And then uh, another part where it says, uh, women, I don't allow women to teach men. Um, It was in a culture where there was uh, the religious leaders in that culture of... um, Roman gods and goddesses were, uh, the goddess was a woman, and so the women were the teachers of that. And so they were just used to being in power and what I say goes. And they're saying that's not what a Jesus follower does, Mm. right? We need to actually listen to each other and the actual teachings of the apostles and what Jesus said. And so with that, we're still trying to weigh what exactly does this look like for a church in, you know, the 21st century. And because this was written in the first century. Mm-hmm. So what does that actually look like? And what is God's heart in this? Because I think those verses have been used to push women down yeah. in society. And the one person who did the most to raise women's status in world society it was Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like those feelings we have that women should vote and women have rights and women are equal didn't start just out of the blue. It started through Jesus and his teachings and the cultures that came out of that uh, belief that women are equal to men. That was something new. So when Paul says, husbands, love your wives, they're like, what? I mean, like give myself up for her completely. Like my life is to serve her. They were offended by that. Not that wives should submit and that type of stuff. They were offended that they needed to submit to the needs of their wife. Mm-hmm. So that's, we're, we're still exploring what um, all that really means. Because we don't want to just say, oh, the Bible says this. It's not just what these words say translated into English. It's what was the heart behind it? What is the writings actually about? What is God's true heart in these matters?
1: Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, good luck with that. Thanks. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> you get good to study. They're fun conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that concludes my questions for you, our okay. questions for you that you've yeah. received. Um, but you've got a new series coming, or we've got a new series coming. We do. I, you seem like you might be excited about it.
0: <laughs> I am excited about it. Um, I didn't know you were going to ask me about this one, though. So our new series basically is in a time of uncertainty. Yeah. You ever heard that? And during the new normal. I'm just kidding. Duh. We don't use that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> um, when life is different and our routines thrown off, especially with religion, uh, how do we grow our faith? Mm-hmm. How do we actually grow in these times of difficulty, uh, whether it's a pandemic or races or, um, you know, social strife? It's mm-hmm. a good word. Yeah. Uh, what can what are the things we can do to actually help our faith grow? What are the things God uses that we allow him to use to grow our faith? Because faith doesn't just happen to you. It's actually something you work out like a muscle. Yeah. And something you choose to do. So we're going to talk about five things we can do to grow our faith.
1: OK. Yeah. Awesome.
0: I'm excited for it. Yeah. Super practical. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Final question. Yes, ma'am. Are you ready for it? Nope. OK. Um, what's the because you don't you're not ready for it because you didn't know I was going to ask this. Right. But in the last um, six months of COVID. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. Pandemic. Uh-huh. What's probably your biggest takeaway or the thing that you've learned or that you want to take out of this?
0: That. It's not that complicated, and I, I've said that before mm-hmm. in, in different teachings and whatnot, but life doesn't have to be that complicated. I think we all, like, some of us enjoyed that um, slowdown. Yeah. Right? and I've, like, I've loved working at home because I am now with my family more, mm-hmm. and like, that's an important thing to me. But even Christianity or following Jesus doesn't have to be that complicated. It's about the people around you mm-hmm. and, and loving through Jesus' love, and what does that actually look like day to day. Not just when, especially when our routine's thrown away. I think you really get down to the core basics of what it means to follow Jesus, mm. and so that's kind of what I've been exploring and enjoying and seeing. And it's really kind of just changed my not changed my view, but I think um, focused it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. And then I've realized that I miss going to the movies.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also miss the movies.
0: Yes. I'm really sad about Northern the Lights. Cinema. I am mm-hmm. sad about Northern Lights too. Yeah. They were great. They were great. Yep.
1: Thank you, Northern Lights. Yeah,
0: (laughs) thanks. Thanks for what you did for the community.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: Cool. That concludes
1: it. We'll see you next week.
0: Sounds good. You'll be back.
1: I'll be back. Aaron will be back. We'll have a good time. Sounds great. Yep.
0: Thanks. 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 Thanks.
1: Spider just crawled across the floor, and in the background, I can hear Andrew's Star Wars music. And it was like, I wish I had it on camera because it's like this giant spider, and then, like, you know, Dark Theater theme or whatever it is. I think it's Dark Mall theme, but basically, you know, huge spider.